0: Like uh, last time, uh, we have the fortune that we are supported by this blue sky today, by the clarity of the blue sky, which is a beautiful metaphor of what I would like to explore with you today, Uh, the vastness of the sky, the boundarylessness of the sky. So one way when we sit here, allowing this moment to be what it is, giving yourself the space to be who you are, you can feel, you can sense if knowing the sky, if that can support you in that space to discover that inner space, that inner vastness, that inner boundarylessness. I started this series um, with a quote by His Holiness the Dalai Lama from a book called *The Heart of Meditation*. And in that book, uh, His Holiness says that there's one experience, which is the foundation of all the Tibetan Buddhist lineages, and Teachers like Lama Yeshe agree that it is actually the foundation of all mystic traditions, of all spiritual traditions. So, what is that experience? And this holiness in this book uh, gives us the answer. This experience is the recognition of innermost awareness, the recognition of innermost awareness. So innermost awareness is one of the many code words. It is that which is beyond words but which has many different words and images and pointers in the different spiritual traditions. The mystic experience It's the Tibetan tra- translation, Jeffrey Hopkins' translation of uh, the Tibetan word rigpa, the nature of mind, Buddha nature. So what His Holiness says in this book is that real meditation starts with the recognition of innermost awareness, with the recognition of your essence. With the recognition of that boundaryless, radiant space within, within, how to say that? That space through which this moment happens. that space to which our conversation now happens so that space is sometimes called buddha nature and buddha nature is an immense capacity it's an immense potential basically it is a potential of love and here love in the in in the Deepest sense, love, which is also wisdom. So this potential we all have, we are born with it, is indestructible. It has been, it is and will be radiant, radiantly perfect. It can't be. It can't be poisoned. It can't be diminished. So there is some Buddhist tradition, some spiritual paths who say, "Now this is like a seed, which, which we need to nurture, which we need to facilitate." So there's training, there's steps. We are not yet that. We have the potential, yes, but it's a long time to go. The tantric view is different. The tantric view says that potential is like a SIM card which has completely the capacity already. You don't need to add something to the SIM card. It's completely able to connect with the Internet. (laughs) I mean, now we're talking about a really huge Internet. (laughs) the universe, oneness. So now what you need to do with that SIM card is you need to activate it, that's all. A SIM card by itself is pretty useless. (laughs) It has the potential, it has the capacity, but you need to activate it. So now the question is how do we activate The SIM card of our Buddha nature. How do we activate that potential? We all know how to activate a SIM card. That's useful. But much more precious, incredible precious. I mean, this is the most precious thing you can ever figure out. And you, you need to figure it out only once. Then that's it. The most precious thing to find out, and that's what all the t- traditions, according to this view, are about. Um, the most precious thing, and that's like the essence of the traditional, uh, of the s- spiritual lineages, to uh, to transmit to us that, that gesture on, on how to activate the SIM card of our Buddha nature. And the good news is, it's completely simple. It's really, it's completely simple. You don't need to read 800 pages on how, how to activate the SIM card. You don't need to memorize thousands and thousands of pages, the manual on how to activate the SIM card. It's not like this, it's, it's really simple. The problem is that it's too simple. So how do you recognize, how do you activate the SIM card of your Buddha nature? Is through a very simple gesture, and that is to to recognizing it. That's all. To recognize it. In that. And that recognition, that pointing out to something which is already completely here, which is so close to you that you miss it. It's so familiar to you that that that, that, that you miss it. That is that is the the, the precious transmission within the Tibetan Buddhist tradition and it's very difficult to talk about it. Every word, every instruction is already too complicated. So, w- when I say to you now in the meditation, we will, we will start with a more tangible meditation. So I will guide you a bit to pay attention to different aspects of your experience. And the purpose of that is, for this kind of recognition of your innermost nature, the most important thing is to be at ease, to be relaxed, to let go of effort. That's important in all kinds of meditation but it's crucial in the recognition of innermost awareness. It's the most important feature to be relaxed, to be at ease, to say yes. Ah, this is yes, this is how I feel just now. This is what I think. This is what is happening for me. Yes. Yes. So, when I say to you, pay attention to the belly, pay attention to the breath, then it's quite easy for us, because somehow we have a sense of what it means to pay attention. We don't really know how to do it, but we can do it. Like, I can tell you now, Pay attention to your right toe. And somehow, somehow, you have figured out how to do that. Well, something starts to move. With what and what you move is really not clear. But you can do it. And that's, of course, a bit part, a big part of when we learn meditation is about we're working with this kind of pretty obvious objects and we pay attention to them in a certain way. So now when I tell you, when I invite you, pay attention to your essence, pay attention to the timeless, that's more like, ah, what, what, what? Because it's a, it's intangible. It's, it's, it's more a nothing than a something. So, kind of we, we, like our attention. Like, okay, I know how to pay attention to my toe. But, what, what should I do now? Now you're saying, pay attention to your innermost essence. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So where to go? Where, where to go? Where is it? Yeah. Where is it? Is it is it inside? Is it outside? No, it's of course. It's it's neither inside nor outside. Is it is it everywhere? Is it is it so where do I go? So now I say something I don't know if, if you will get it just now, but hopefully while we go along, what you start to recognize is paying attention to your essence means paying attention to that which is paying attention. You pay attention to attention itself, you you pay attention to the capacity from where the attention comes from. What you're looking for is what is looking. And I do like this. That's the mutra. So the mutra is initially like pay attention to this, pay attention to that and now we do like this. Pay attention to where you're looking from. Pay attention to what you're looking from. Almost like you, you, you roll your eyes a bit back. And you look into what, that, what is looking. That's a quote of uh, Franz of Assisi. You are looking for that which is looking. Of course, for Franz of Assisi, that was God. It's the same. I mean, innermost awareness, God. It's the same. So, meditation is very simple. You turn like this. you roll your eyes back, what do you see? Nothing. But what a nothing. (laughs) Nobody ever, nobody ever regretted to look into that nothing it is looking into that nothing which activates the sim card of your buddha nature i will say a bit more about that nothing later one of the masters of this gesture lama yeshe was one so if you Google Mahamudra and Lama Yeshe, You will find this wonderful talk he gives about exactly that, and he does like this. He may, he does like this. Okay. You search outside. Where is where is heaven? Where is innermost awareness? Where is where is peace? And then he does like this. And then you look, you look back. Where are you looking from? That's where the peace is. So. But one of the masters is Tuku Ugin Rinpoche, maybe you have heard the name, because his son is very active and present here in Denmark, Shogin Imar So what he says is, in one of his books, is as it is, it's called. He says, recognizing your innermost awareness in that is a complete practice, you don't need to do anything else because it is activating your SIM card. You don't need to develop compassion or generosity or stuff like that because that's part of your SIM card. How do you activate the SIM card? to recognition. That's all. So at one point when you are a bit more familiar, when you feel more safe in that kind of practice, that's the only practice, that's the only commitment. With that, you, you keep all your commitments. Or you know, maybe you have like kind of commitments with tantric practice or something like that. With that, you you keep all your commitments, all your vows. That does not mean that in the first recognition it suddenly does like this and you're completely the awakened Buddha, yeah? That's not like this. It is like recognizing, recognizing, recognizing again and again. Short moments, repeated again and again until they become continuous in about 10 million years. <laughs> yeah, but, <coughs> but, in that recognition, in that moment, that's a genuine mystic experience. That's a genuine. Uh, that's a genuine Buddha moment. One of the sons of Rinpoche, Mingo Rinpoche, calls it Buddha moments, short Buddha moments, repeated again and again until they become continuous. So the practice here is actually mini meditations throughout the day, as much as possible. So mini meditation means oh, anxiety, stress, awareness of breath, and then the meditation. Mini meditation is. Five minutes later. Half an hour later. One month later, because you have a long break of confusion and <laughs> <in your> activity. <laughs> and you find a quote on Facebook reminding you, hey, it's about recognize ah yeah, right. And there it is. I mean it's immediately there, in the spot. You don't need to go to Tibet or you don't need to go into retreat or you don't need to read some books or become wiser. It's just like, yeah, it is there. There it is. And then that's it. Then hopefully this will become more and more your heart practice. Kind of what is your life about? It has to be about this, because that's the only only way to find what we are looking for. The only way to find what we are looking for is to activate the SIM card. Nothing else will do it. And when the SIM card is activated, only benefit will come from you. Only he- Only healing will come from you only, uh, only perfect intelligence will come from you. Okay. That was a lot of talking. About something you can't talk about. Let's um, sit in the aftermath of this. And maybe you can just maybe you can just know without thinking, I don't know, just notice how you feel just now, how this pointing out instruction, which you just heard. Now, how does that make you feel? So, if you want to close your eyes, you can also sit with open eyes. You adjust your posture a bit, so you sit without rigidity. without putting yourself into a straitjacket. And then you shift. You shift gears from the doing to being here. part of that shift is that you have a sense of shifting from the head from being identified with the thinking to shift your sense of identity into the body into the whole body so I invite you with the next in-breath to slide with your intention, with your attention, into th- down, 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 into your feet. The outbreath is a sense of letting go. Letting go of effort, of unnecessary tension. So with the in-breath, befriending your own energy, welcoming, allowing, and with the out-breath, as best as you can, letting go of controlling and fixing, Then, how's your belly? Is it possible for you to soften there? Of course thoughts don't stop and that's okay, but they become less important. your shoulders. And then from the shoulders you slide into your hands, noticing the lifeness in your hands. So, there maybe you can soften or relax, Mm -hmm. and then with the next in breath. You notice your face. Is there some is there some unnecessary tension you can soften around the eyebrows and the forehead. And with the next in-breath, you fill your whole body with a gentle awareness from the toes to the top of your head. If the whole body is breathing, and nothing is excluded. Then if it makes sense to you and it feels good for you, then I invite you to feel the presence of the Dalai Lama or Lama Isha or Jesus or another mentor or teacher, alive or not alive. Feel that, as if they step into this room, it could be also more than one. And you feel their mighty stillness, their mighty presence. And you allow yourself to feel that within your whole body, from the toes to the top of your head, like sitting in the sun. Every cell of your body is bathed in that wisdom love. And when your mind wanders, you gently come back to your body and to this radiance, which is bathing your whole body. If there's some discomfort or some struggle, what we explore is if you bring it into that radiance. And that person dissolves into light, <coughs> fills your body, every cell of your body. is to open like the sky the sounds and the thoughts and the sensations, the breath, this voice. Let it be. You sense that there's something else, something which is not moving, a presence we share, a stillness surrounding and underlying and pervading your experience, like the sky. Then if you get lost, then you can stabilize yourself with your breath and the sensation in your hands. And then if possible, you turn to the vastness again. To your own vastness. Where you are most deeply yourself. Even before you were born. Listen to the stillness. When you get carried away, identified with the stream of thinking, you drop back into your body, breathing into your hands. But then look beneath, beyond the sensation in your hands, into the vastness. into the space within which sensations and thoughts and sounds come and go. This kind of non-interfering, non-controlling, non-fixing, (coughs) non-judging. This kind of meditation is called uh, sometimes non-meditation or effortless meditation, shamatha without object, settling the mind in its natural state. So it, it, it has different names. I'm just saying that so in case you think, wow, well, why do I say it? Maybe it makes us a bit more confident to know that it has a name and that it is actually a practice. (laughs) Because we might think, yeah, but that's what I always do when I go to the beach. I just sit there and I, and yeah, that's exactly it. That's exactly what you already do when you go to the summer house and you relax and you sit by the beach and you allow this moment to be what it is. So we might have this idea that uh, recognizing the deepest truth has something to do with effort, or stages, or... So to let go of that and to trust the practice of doing nothing. And sometimes it helps to give the doing nothing a bit more like a spiritual uh, label. Maybe even the Sanskrit, you know? Like. <laughs> 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 so then, then when someone asks ask you, so what's your practice, what, what are you doing? And then you say, you don't say, I, I do nothing, but you say, I'm doing the, the Rigpa, Sutra, uh, <laughs> prana, Pranayana, I don't know. <laughs> And of course, as we did in this meditation, also, it makes sense to have a combination of both, depending on where you are and depending where for you the most uh, the most the opening is happening, uh, it makes sense to have a bit of a more focusing, more controlling aspect in the practice, like we did with the belly with the hands, and then with the image of your teacher. So that's a bit of controlling. I mean, it's gentle. It's not like concentration and focusing, but it's a bit of controlling. But then take also the time in your own practice, whatever it is. Maybe you have a breathing meditation or you have some other practices. Take some time to just let go, just be just open like the sky So, activating the SIM card. In the in the in the Buddhist tradition, it's also called transmission. This transmission happens <laughs> in relationship somehow (coughs) it's it's not happening by figuring it out ourselves it's happening in relationship it's happening by looking together and and looking together does not mean that you need to look with the most enlightened person in the world but 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 more people, for example, here in this room, have a sense of what we are looking at. More easier will it be for all of us? So if if like uh, Lama Sopa would sit here, the looking for us, the together, the looking for us would be easier. There is a kind of it's infectious this transmission is infectious so more you are connecting and resting with your innermost essence more somehow you share it without you wanting to share it or without you doing something particular it's just It will affect your relationships. It will affect the way you work with people. There will be more space around you. And that space will will make it easier for the people you work with, like if you have clients or in your family or so. It will be easier for people around you to somehow be more spacious, be more connected with their essence as well. So this transmission happens through different different means, different channels, and what is important for you is that you find the pointers, the people, the places, the videos, the books, the activities, which uh, for you support you in connecting with peace, connecting with that. Unconditioned love. It can be. It can be transmitted through touch. It it can be transmitted through words. You know, just words. Words like space. words, words like the sky. It can, become, it can be transmitted through symbols. You know? So all this, actually all these images you know, we see there, also the images of the masters, they are symbols of innermost awareness. And when we, when we meet these symbols, when we allow them to be in our life, they, they become like mirrors. They mirror back to us innermost awareness. They mirror back to us our Buddha nature. So it could be that for you, if you are like a person who can really can be touched by symbols, that the best practice you could do is to have a picture of your teacher in the morning, you light a candle, you do like this, and you just sit up there for a few minutes and look at the picture. Seek, seek these masters out also, you know, like when they come to Copenhagen. That does not mean that you need to become a follower or join the club or something. But uh, what we are talking here, what is being recognized, is very, is is very intangible, very subtle. But you have the capacity to get to know it, to to familiarize yourself with it, with it. Yeah. I don't know when I say it, I don't know what I'm talking about, and that's very good. I don't I don't know what it is. When I say I don't know what it is is what I say is my conceptual mind does not know what it is. So what is it what knows what it is? What knows what it is? Is innermost awareness itself because it's only innermost awareness which can recognize innermost awareness? It's a bit tricky, right? (laughs) (laughs) Because we are so, uh, I mean, we are so hypnotized by this a sense that the only way to grasp something, the only way to know something, (coughs) the the only thing to have something is when we have understood it through our conceptual mind. So it's a bit of a mystery. It's not something we can force. It's not something there is not like one, two, three, four, five steps and when we do it right and when we do it hard then we will come to that recognition. It's not like that. But what we can do is, as in the in the Tibetan tradition they use this metaphor, what we can do is, we can walk in the mist until we are wet. So, the, what is the mist? Yeah? So, the mist is different for all of us. So, the mist is uh, coming here, for example. Just sitting here. Just, just being here. Yeah? And maybe some of you, after a day like this, you go home, and on the way home, you feel, ah, something is different. I don't know what it is. But definitely, it's not like I'm going now and I will post on Facebook that I experience incredible bliss or something but something is different I don't know what it is strange I think I'm going back again (laughs) I think I'm going to bathe in that again I'm still I I don't know what it is but definitely something something is there and this something I don't know what it is I wish I could put a word on I wish i I wish I would have figured out how to get there all the time, but I didn't. But all I know is there seems to be some some connection with going to that place or going to that teacher or uh, reading that book or listening to that video or listening to that kind of music or going to the beach or spending some time with that person something it ha- some somehow it has to do with that with that so i'm going to walk to the mist and i don't know how it works i just need to continue to walk in the mist and then at one point i will see oh, i'm wet how did that happen i not even know the i don't even remember the moment when it happened that i was wet it just it's just like now I'm wet. So the, this kind of maybe secret dream of uh, that there will this that there will be this one activation of the SIM card and then boom, like Eckhart Tolle, Byron Katie style, you know, like uh, one 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 evening. Completely depressed and anxious, and completely mess, you know, and and then somehow something happens, sim card activated, and I'm sure that happened for for Eckhart Tolle. I mean, he she, 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 he seems to be a genuine a genuine awakened person in that sense. I'm not saying he's a Buddha, but uh, but but um, and maybe we. we And the danger with this kind of stories is that we hope that might happen to us also. But this is exceptional. Maybe in the future it will happen more often, I don't know. But I think for us it is more this process of walking in the mist until we are wet. So how do you walk in the mist? And... Can you prioritize this more? And it, I'm not talking about one hour meditating a day and reading a lot of books or something. No, uh, actually, the best is short pith instructions. Like short, you know short befriend on Facebook or like all the pages of the Dzogchen and Mahamudra masters and the pages who post Advaita Vedanta and Satsang and non-dual teachings and then when you go to Facebook you always I mean when I go to Facebook the first thing I see all the time is some (coughs) pith instruction around this and then I pause ah yeah, Whew. there it is. I don't know what it is. I thought I'd have lost it, but what did I lose? I don't know what it is. Ah, there it is. <laughs> I, can't, I can't get it. I can't lose it. I don't know what it is. It's nothing. So and then there it is. And then it's gone. What is gone? I don't know what is gone. (laughs) There it is. (laughs) So that's short moments, repeated again and again. And then, of course, I I, I get reactive, and I mess it up, and I fail, and uh, I get, and then, yeah, and then, but then there's maybe the instruction, oh, who is... Who is it who is confused? Huh, yeah, who is it? Who is it who is confused? I have no idea. Definitely confusion happens. There's movement. But I can't find I can't find myself. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is, what is experiencing the confusion. And then there's a pause. Kind of thinking stops for a moment. It's just like, (gasps) wow. And then you rest there. and then you do that mini meditations it's called the 10 seconds enlightenment meditation and you find and and there is not the one instruction the one like the one gesture the one symbol the one video which works all the time forever that's not how it is unfortunately I mean, that would be fantastic if I would would have this one five-minute video clip, yeah, which would always open the space for me, but that's not how it is. It opens me sometimes, and sometimes I get, <laughs> shit. I, this is you. I, I don't understand what he's talking about. I, what is it? I, I, it? It's it's yeah. So what is it? Oh, yeah. It. I don't know what it is. <laughs> I, I never knew what it is. The Buddha does not know what it is. It's not an object of knowledge. It's not an object at all. So, we have a break soon, just one thing before the break, and that is, um, I have been using, and it's used often in this kind of exploration, the metaphor of the clouds and the sky. So the clouds is Sem, it's called in Tibetan the relative mind the stream of sense data and what your cognitive capacity does with the stream of sense data these are the and from the buddhist point of view it's the display of your karma your experience that's the clouds and then there is that within which this experience is happening Yeah. So there is the experience, but there is also the awareness, the knowing of the experience. And in this metaphor, there might be a sense, oh, I need to get rid of the clouds, and then I can see the sky. And we will find a lot of Buddhist practices which are about that. They are about dissolving unnecessary inattention. Unnecessary inattention which basically the root cause for unnecessary inattention is ignorance, is confusion. Confusion about reality. The reason for unnecessary inattention is this first very quickly happening dualistic spirit into me and the other. So and from there all other unnecessary, all of what is called clash, all other clashes arises from that basic dualistic split, me and the other. Which is our conceptual thing which we do, which we put into the into oneness. So We put into oneness that split, that dualistic split, I and the other. And from there all fear arises, all tension arises, all pleasure arises, anger, attachment, jealousy, pride. So now we become curious about within which, within what, within what, that dualistic split happens. What is aware of that dualistic split? What is aware of the clashes? And there can be a sense of, and that's what we learn in a lot of Buddhist practices, you need to dissolve the clashes. They are bad. Like anger, for example, or attachment, has a very bad reputation in Buddhist (laughs) 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 teachings. They seem to be the problem, <laughs> and once you have dissolved your clashes, once you dissolved your anger, once you dissolved your attachment, then you are the sky can reveal itself, and yeah. So, and of course, there's a lot of value in this kind of practice, and. While we are walking through the mist, I think, we need to kind of continue to do some of those practices also. But we need to be aware that they are provisional. And this could be body work or therapy or Tonglen or uh, loving-kindness meditation. It doesn't matter what, what it is. You know, what works is good. Yeah. But we have to be aware that these practices are provisional. So now, and pointing out instruction is, or this transmission is, the invitation to notice that even while you're still working with your clashes, while you're still dissolving the clouds, the sky is already there. So you have a little a little bit of break of the trauma work and the, you know, figuring out your childhood and accumulating merit and purifying. You have like a break because you feel, oh, oh, yeah, oh, there's still so much clouds, but, you know, the sky is there. So you have a bit of a break. So there is another perspective on this, and that is... To explore the possibility that what we are, reco- what we want to recognize in our most awareness, is actually to be found within the movement, within the pleasure, within the anger, within the attachment. So in that view, anger and attachment are seen as. kind of radiation of innermost awareness like a wave coming out of the ocean remains to be in the water in the in the nature of water so the same every anger every attachment every experience remains in the nature of innermost awareness it's a kind of a bit of a different frequency of innermost awareness and one of the images His Holiness uses uh, is uh, the image of water and ice. So water, innermost awareness. Now you have ice. Imagine, like, oh, you are so thirsty and you are in, a, in, in, the, in, the, in the desert and there's a huge block of ice. And you think, wow, oh, water, water, I need to have water. Where's the water? You know? This is ice, yeah? so it can't be there. So you look around, yeah? you run around in, in the desert and you get lost. You look somewhere else. Instead of waiting a few moments. <laughs> and, and staring at the ice. because you you have realized that the water you're looking for, the water of life, that which will really quench your thirst, and that's the only thing which will really quench your thirst, is innermost awareness, is right there in the eyes. So, and this is from this book, uh, The Heart of Meditation, from His holiness, He says no matter what kind of consciousness we might consider so he says no matter what kind of consciousness we might consider, what he, might, what he means with it, basically no matter what kind of experience you consider because each experience you have is an experience within consciousness this is an important insight we will reflect on that after the break Whatever you experience, you experience within consciousness. That's the only way to experience anything. So he's, and he says, no matter what, so this is really like inclusive. He's not saying, yeah, most of our experience, yeah? Like, yeah, but no, really intense hatred and really intense desire, no. He's not saying that. He says, no matter, no matter what kind of consciousness we might consider, the clear light of innermost awareness pervades it. The clear light of innermost awareness pervades it. So the clear light of innermost awareness is one of the many code words of it. So when I say it today, I mean it. The, The thing... I don't know what it is, yeah that's what it is. so innermost awareness is another code word for it. eyes, even when it is solid and very hard and now for eyes you can say anger, attachment, jealousy, sadness, depression, anxiety, but also joy, passion, laughter so. Any, any kind of experience. Eyes, even when it is solid and very hard, and, and sometimes it feels like this, you know, it's so solid, so hard, like the depression, the anxiety, the, the problem, the, the trauma, The yeah, it seems to be so solid and hard and so real. So ice, even when it is solid and very hard, does not pass beyond the nature of water. It does not pass beyond the nature of water. It remains to be in the nature of water. In the same way, no matter how tough or coarse conceptions might be, the place from which they dawn and the place in which they into which they vanish when we no no longer think them does not pass beyond innermost awareness. So, ice comes from water, remains in the nature of water and dissolves back into water. So after the break, I, I will go deeper into this. What I already want to invite you to um, is this this possibility, this, this really beautiful possibility that however messed up your life right now is, and probably it's pretty messed up. Otherwise you wouldn't be here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but it's, it's, it's pretty messed up for all of us, yeah? All the time. I mean, for every, every human being on this planet. I mean, to be a human is so overwhelming. I mean, it's amazing that we somehow can cope with it. Yeah. It's so overwhelming to be a human being. Uh, so what I want to invite you is to consider that what we are looking for, you, know, you can call it enlightenment or peace or awakening, is to be found. Right there, in the experience of overwhelm. Not through making the overwhelm go away. That's what we try. That's called samsara. Trying to make, trying to make the, you know, trying to push away the overwhelm. But by changing the perspective, by by recognizing ice as water, That is the view of the Great Perfection. That's the view of the Cokchan, Zokchan, the Great Perfection. Where's the pure land of the Buddhas? No, oh, Natan. where's the pure land of the Buddhas? Here it is. No 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 no. Can't be that's what that's what we we lean into. That's what we explore. Where's heaven? Heaven is now. Not after the overwhelm has disappeared. Heaven is within the overwhelm. Okay, so let's have a 20 minutes break.